Welcome to an all-new episode of the Loftus Party Podcast. Thanks for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, our our national game of We Told You So has officially kicked off, and it's going to be a doozy. We're going to try to laugh. We're going to point out a bunch of hypocrisy. It's 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 a very odd feeling, and but I'm going to try to enjoy it. I, I have to try to... It's like watching Rome burn. I'm not going to fiddle, but I am going to be like, wow, that's a big fire. I didn't think it would be that big. <laughs> so I'm here. Uh, we got the Gimlet on the other end of the line. The old Liberty Gypsy. How you doing there, Gimlet? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I've got a couple told you so's. Oh, get get them ready. Get them ready. That's because we're gonna. I've uh, been firing them off all week. Oh, it's great! It's great! It started. Uh, it started on inauguration day, and it just gets better and better. And uh, so we've got a we got a great show for you. Plenty to talk about. Uh, we're it's it's a it's a Biden symphony of hypocrisy, and uh, of course later on in the show. We're, we're going to have uh, What's on the Web with Paul. And I'm told there's going to be intro music. What? And then there's a couple things that uh, we're excited about in, in the entertainment world and blah, 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 blah. It's going to be a great show. So buckle up. Um, here we go. Here we are. The great. Can I just say one thing about the inauguration? Oh, please do. Yeah, we're or in. The we're... Co- or the coverage thereof. Yes. Oh, my God. Can we just get Chris Wallace off Fox? That was uh, like that was like the most anodyne, freaking boring, freaking buzzword. I mean, we should have played a robust game of bullshit bingo during that inauguration. <laughs> and Here? there's Chris Wallace. <gasps> that was the most amazing inauguration speech in memory. And I'm like, does your memory not go beyond last week? I. I I'm very fortunate, and I and and our listeners should know this. But I'm I'm back uh, at work, virtually working, writing on the net Netflix show. So I have a I had a great excuse. Uh, I didn't really want to watch it, uh, but I was I was busy and I couldn't watch it. However, there was a big shakeup at Fox. They moved a bunch of shows around, and they say they do this after a uh, you know a change in uh, in the president. Okay, that's fine. So our our good friend. Uh, Dana Perino, who's a who's a fan of this show and just a, a a good egg, she has a new show with Bill Hemmer. So I think that was day one. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll check this out. So I'm, I'm having my coffee and I'm watching that, and they have Chris Wallace on to talk about <laughs> to talk about the inauguration, and uh, and he goes he goes, um, I love inaugurations. Today feels like Christmas. And I'm like, click off, done, because I would just love to go back. I would just love to go back and see if he loved inaugurations and felt like it was Christmas back in 2016, right? It's hilarious. I'd like to see if he even thought that in 2012. It's it's funny. I mean, we've always said it on this show. Uh, Listen, it's extremely difficult to keep your personal politics out of journalism, right? It's already, mm-hmm. and and to watch, uh, 
the the rest of the media, we already knew they were in the bag, you know, for Biden. And then, listen, with with Chris Wallace, for the I think for the majority of his career, uh, he's really tried to push back and fight and keep his politics out of it. I I, I think he's one of the, Trump got to him. Trump <laughs> Trump got to him. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny and it's wild. Oh my goodness. And, and I guess since we're, uh, well, we should go on about the inauguration. We should go on about the inauguration because well, I didn't, and, and, I didn't want here's, here's the other thing. The media apparently didn't notice. We had one of the most attractive, stylish women in the world as first lady for four years. And no, that outfit, Michelle, Michelle Obama looked like a grape. Uh, they were was, just uh, fawning over the what Dr. Jill wore and Michelle Obama wore, and I'm just like, even Hillary Clinton. It's uh, it's weird how much that bothers me. It really it is. It bothers me a ton. It's it's crazy because it is it's high school like politics. Listen, uh, the entertainment business is high school politics is high school business is different business is results based go into Man. business <laughs> for the most part for the most part you know like elon musk that's just a dude who gets results you know jeff bezos he at least he invented something right but like right. politics and to watch politics and and journalists and and because i think that's probably what it is i'm glad we're talking about this because it's so freaking petty it's so petty and all these dried up old sea hags in the hamptons just just taking delight and you know what we never had her on one cover not once she's a flipping model and and it's it's weird it's like i want to stand up yes yes and i remember and i did a video about it remember that horrible person that was in her life that like leaked the phone call and it was somebody uh-huh. that Melania thought she could trust. And she's like, you know, it doesn't matter what I do. They're going to find a thing. They're never going to. And it was, mm-hmm. you could tell that it was bothering Melania and literally, literally it makes me want to say, it makes Did me want to start beat a, somebody up. No, it makes me want to start a fashion magazine and just oh, call okay. it Melania. Like literally <laughs> I would do that and just have her on the cover every week. It's just, and I, and I love it when when people on uh, on Twitter and Facebook would be like, "Oh, are you proud of this? Are you proud of this?" And it's like a picture of Melania from her modeling days, wearing like some stainless steel bra and thong, and she's sitting in the cockpit of a plane, just looking smoking hot. And I'm like, "Yes, I'm desperately proud of that. She's fantastic. Oh, Melania, we love you. We love you, lady. You're the best." Yeah, you can. Did you, see, it's, did you it's like, see the best? Did you see the best Bernie meme? Um, I've seen several, and and it's art. It's art, and so it's changing. And so my, it's like it's like your favorite flavor of ice cream. I've seen some really good ones. My favorite changes rapidly. Did you see the Jamie Lee Curtis one? No, what's the Jamie Lee Curtis one? It's the scene from A Fish Called Wanda where she's in a black bra and black undies. Yeah. And Bernie Sanders is sitting behind her in the chair with his mittens. <laughs> she actually made it herself. She's like, okay, I'll play. 
And yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I, I like nothing about your politics and you've been kind of annoying for the last couple of years, but that was good. I like that. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I don't know if it would sell, but I have this, this notion like Bernie Sanders is going to collect all of these memes and he's going to print them in a coffee table book yep. and he'll publish them and make another million dollars and buy a fourth estate. I made, it, I made another good book. I couldn't help it. The people were making the memes. I think, let's collect them. And then when I was collecting them, my publisher came to me and I was like, he, I, how, how I he's not getting rich. I, you know what? I'm just wondering if it'll be, I mean, it already seems to be dying on the vine. Uh, but still, people are so creative and there's so, so many, uh, there's so many great ones where you can put a dude sitting on a chair. I saw him, you know, the Sharon Stone movie where she famously uncrossed her legs and she wasn't wearing underwear. They've put him in that one. They've they've put him they've put him at the Last Supper. It's been in everything. It's a it's yeah. a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's come to light now that a big hunk of uh, Joe Biden's speech not a big hunk but a, a little a little a good size hunk uh, he lifted from Bill Clinton. They found they found that out today, which is oh, just I missed which is that just one. Perfect. Oh yeah, yeah. They're not going to be sitting in the audience, sleeping, sleeping, and uh, it's just it too funny. Not to sleep during that thing. God, it was awful. There is. Uh, I missed. I missed the poet. I guess there was a a very young poet that everybody's just uh, you know pooping their pants over, and I guess she's wonderful. I can't speak to that. I didn't see it, but I love. I, I love. Uh, I love me a good poetry. Of slam poetry. Is it really? Was it like? Yeah. Was it like that? It was. It was far too long, and yes. Oh man! Far too long and rhymy. She's young. She's yeah. young. I think. I saw this, you know, go ahead. I don't know. It was just, it was the whole thing. But right? was it like, was like it I, like Def Jam poetry? Was that what it was? Yeah. I walked to the office. They yeah. didn't have my stamp. I looked him in the eyes and demanded. I can't stand that crap. I'm glad I missed it. <laughs> well, like you have Joe Biden going back to that whole idea from Barack Obama, there's no red America, there's no blue America, there's no this, there's no that. Like taking every major division that you see in the country, yeah, and we we can get beyond all that. And then two minutes later, he's talking about, but we have to handle extremism, white supremacy. I'm like, you just blew it. You just blew it. You just it's, blew it right there. It's so. It's just so fill in the blank. It's all just so fill in the blank. And it's going to be just crystal clear to everybody that you cannot see a bigger uh, difference than going from an incredibly genuine President Donald Trump to a career politician, Joe Biden. I think it's going to be. It's going to be shocking to, to a lot of people like like everybody's going to be going, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. This is how it always was. These douchebags would get in there and they would just say crap that didn't mean anything. And they never did what they said. And they would just say they supported these people because they wanted their votes. But then they'd never really do anything. And it's just going to the difference is going to be uh, night and day. OK, I, I just want to say. Dude, about the, his about approval the poetry rating, lady. His first, 
his first presidential daily approval poll, he's minus two. No way. Swear to God. Rasmus minus two? Same, he's minus two. Rasmussen, same poll on Donald Trump. He was plus two, and on Barack Obama was plus eight. Wow. Ouch. He is all he was underwater out the gate, and that is before the executive orders that are already wildly unpopular. Okay. I want to circle back to uh, Poet Laureate for a second, and I want to encourage okay. all of our listeners to uh, to get a, a favorite poet. I don't care if it's a if it's a if it's a rock star, if it's if it's a song lyric or whatever, but just keep that alive. That's good for your that's good for your soul. That's good for your spirit. Have have your own. I saw this uh, documentary once about poetry and yada yada and in south america i want to say it was brazil but they were just asking people on the street like like waters world like hey who's your favorite poet and people would just have oh i like blah, 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 blah. and like oh what's your favorite poem oh i like blah, 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 blah. and they would they could recite it and i'm like that's cool you need that kind of uh I, seriously this is just like my dr phil moment everyone should have that just like private uh, thing where you can just appreciate some poetry and appreciate and carry that beauty around in your heart and be able to um, pass it around and let people know. Have a You should have a favorite poet. You should have that in your life. And if you want to keep it secret, keep it secret. But uh, I just think you need that. And and so if this girl did a I just don't like the slam poetry uh, and all that. I think because here's me. I think it's lazy. I think it's lazy. <laughs> There you have well, it. Well, and it, it definitely had an overtone. Let's put it that way. And um, I'll, I'll go out on a limb here, too. I wasn't a big fan of uh, of Maya Angelou. Like, I just thought, like, I, I can dig what you're saying. But, like, whenever she would perform a speech, I'm like, hey, sister, you're chewing up the scenery. You're chewing it up. Just, you don't have to get so, and still I rise. And still I. She's like your drunk aunt. Who just tells the same old story of some crappy fishing village she went to in Denmark, and they brought in the nets. <laughs> okay, what else? And I gotta at the say, I gotta say, I was not a fan of Lady Gaga's Star Spangled Banner. I saw her outfit. She did she, not. She she did not hit the high notes, dude. I was like, really? You just missed that one? Did you never sing this song before? I was, I, I didn't, I didn't hear her performance. Uh, yay, hooray, Lady Gaga. But she, it's like she went out of her way to look like that lady from the Hunger Games. Like she did that mm -hmm. on purpose. There's no way that was an accident. And like, what is that all about? Why would you do that? Unless you thought, it, it can't be you think it's funny. It, it has to, like, seriously, like, Lady Gaga doesn't choose her outfits like, oh, willy-nilly. She was going for a Hunger Games look, and that I found that very disturbing. Like, what does she think, what does she think is about to happen? Was it because she was surrounded by National Guard and fences and all that crap? I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. I, I just... I don't know how to explain it other than I was just like, First of all, I'm not enthusiastic. No, you know, how, how can you about be? 
about this presidency. I'm nope. watching it, it just it it feels like Barack Obama's third term. It stands like I'm it feels like I'm standing on January 20th, 1975, going, oh shit. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With the incoming Carter administration. I'm seeing all kinds of crap already that I'm just like, this makes no sense if you care at all about America, American citizens, and American workers. You don't. Um, I mean, he, like, are you so desperate to reverse everything that President Trump did that you literally, can you imagine being, he literally lifted a ban on the Chinese Communist Party participating in our energy grid. That was, listen, uh, we're going to get really, really, really into this. We're going to get really into this. We're going to get into uh, the China and the energy grid and the Keystone Pipeline and a bunch of other stuff uh, in the B block. So I don't want to get too far out over our skis. But you said something just a few moments ago that that really resonated with me. And I've been thinking about a lot about you don't really care about Americans. And mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully everyone has put together, hopefully everyone is doing the same math. Because that, and it really, it, this one really shook me, uh, Gimlet. The whole, the whole, here comes another stimulus package. It's going to be 600 bucks and a big giant omnibus bill that goes with it. And, you know, the gender studies in Pakistan and how, why are they poor in Ecuador? But the American citizen gets 600 bucks. And right before Trump was out the door and he's like, no, 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 that's horrible. It should be more like, more like 2000. Nancy Pelosi jumped on it. But the, the broader issue of they don't care about you. This really, and I don't want to bump people out, and I, I just want to be like somewhat of a realist in this. That should really be a huge wake-up call to everybody. How many months, how many months did it take them to come up with the number of $600? People are losing everything. People are losing everything. And they're like, no, this will make Trump bad. Let's hold off. Let's hold off. And then... For a bunch of Republicans to sign off and go, yeah, 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 we're going to continue with this omnibus bill. Like if there was ever a time, and and I really, and we'll get into this more in, in, in the B block, we need to make this a moment. There was before Trump there were, and there was after Trump, and hopefully a bunch of people are waking up. These people, the vast majority of the the con- people in Congress and the people in the Senate do not care about you. They do not care. They knew that your small business was going under. They knew you couldn't get food. They knew you couldn't buy food. And they still wasted your money. And they still played these games. And And I want to talk about the COVID test. And and how you know you know we called that a million m- months ago, but it's just this should be shocking to everyone. They do not care, and in in, in a time of like a global pandemic, 
if there was ever a time, if there was ever a time to not play politics and go, well, you know what? We're just going to do a clean bill. We're going to do a clean bill. We're, we're, we'll, we'll arrest you. We'll fine you. If you try to open up your business where the, the, the big boot of government is going to stand firmly on your neck and keep you from succeeding. And then after eight months, they offer up $600? Fuck all of them. All of them. And for the crap they're playing with this whole impeachment game now, and, and they think that there should be any kind of party loyalty, oh, oh, oh no, sister. Oh, no. Okay, this is perfect. This is perfect. You're fired up. I'm fired up. We got to take a little break, but we're going to come back, and we're going to get in some more nuts and bolts action, uh, and we'll talk about our plans for the future. <laughs> As a small business owner, you deserve more. More confidence, more connectivity, more of the tools that help your business thrive. And at Cox Business, you can expect more from us. We don't just have sales reps. We have perfect plan identifiers. People who will work with you to make sure your business gets everything it needs and nothing that it doesn't. Your business deserves more, and that's why you can expect more from Cox Business. Call 800-526-8572 to switch today. Not to be a backseat driver, but can you say for sure you got the best monthly payment possible on your auto loan? Could it be that you might have gotten a better deal by shopping the loan at a few places and have a lower car payment? Next time, before you go car shopping, visit Communication Federal Credit Union first. Our auto loan experts will find you a perfect loan and get you the lowest monthly payment we can. Communication Federal, your auto loan experts. Restrictions apply. Federally insured by NCUA. We're back. We're a little fired up, having a good time with this show. And and just a quick little plug, and I because I forgot to do it last week. My stand-up special, Live from Nashville, is out right now on Fox Nation. You have to go see it. And, and when I say have to, I mean uh, you have to. How many people? How many people? How many opportunities do you get like this in your life? I just want to watch a comedian who's making fun of these mask idiots. I just want to watch a comedian who uh, <laughs> digs Trump and what he's doing. How many times are you going to get this opportunity? Go and see it. Let's make this thing. Let's make it a hit. Okay. That was my little commercial for me because I forgot to do it last week. We got to get into this uh, Biden business and they don't care for you. So let's uh, – you were you were starting to, to do it at the end of the A block and I, and I had to hold you back. Like, like you're you're like a wild horse sometimes, Gimlet. But let's talk Sorry. about these. Uh, no, no, it's good. I like it. I like that that runaway freight train. You passionate kid. You got moxie. Here's here's what Biden did, and and I, there's a there's an audio clip out there that's just super sad. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna back this up just a little bit. And we started off the show with it's a national game of uh, we told you so. Which could also be a, a national game of we tried to warn you. A national game of don't do this, you guys. Uh, Biden's not all there. 
we know this. It's just a matter of what level. So I just I will state we'll state this publicly because this goes to the executive order thing. We all know it, and if you're on the left, you know it too. Like he, he's 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 lost a step. Let's just put it nicely. We'll put it nicely. There's a reason they don't ask him tough questions. There's a reason they didn't have him out campaigning. There's a reason they kept him in the basement. There's a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason. And and I think that Nancy Pelosi has set it up. You know, she's just teed it up deliciously with the whole just keeping the Twenty Fifth Amendment in in the public zeitgeist and talking about it. Uh, I forget which publication it was, uh, but it's a left leaning publication. This morning, as we do this podcast. Uh, somebody already saying, uh-oh, has Joe Biden lost a step? Like, that's the first, that's the first little crack that the, the left is going to start recognizing it. And then I I completely think, and I think most people do, it's just a matter of time before uh, Joe Biden taps out and it's uh, President Kamala Lala Ding Dong. The reason I bring this up is because, uh, first of all, we didn't, nobody voted for Kamala Lala Ding Dong to be the president. Secondly, the executive orders, which we're going to get into right now, there was a hot mic moment. Did you see this, Gimlet? Where I did, but I could. I, I think I heard what I think I heard, but yeah. I, I yeah. couldn't put it out there and feel good about it. I, I saw a couple of people linking to this moment and they didn't have it. Someone finally has cranked the audio up and you can very. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, because there's it's you know there's a picture out there and it's Joe Biden sitting at the you know with the resolute desk or whatever whatever desk he's chosen I guess there's a couple uh, and there's a big stack of executive orders by him which you guys I I don't want to get out that's not normal it's not normal it wasn't normal no. for Biden to do it it wasn't normal for Trump to do it it wasn't normal for Obama to do it so we'll be we'll be steadfast on that. So anyway, the picture, uh, he starts and he's like, I'm going to sign this to da 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 and he signs it and he says what, you know, what he's doing and what job he's destroying. It's just horrible. It's just horrible. Now, there's a clip where the, the stack is very low because he signed like 17 or 20. I don't know what the exact number was, but now he's only got a couple left to do and he just quietly, he just quietly says, I, I, don't, I have no idea what I'm signing. And it was just so sad. You're like, that's the president of the United States, Sleepy Joe, I don't know what, I have no idea what I'm signing. And he just kind of mutters it to himself, and you're like, you guys, not a good sign. Not a good sign. Uh, so we tried to warn you, and uh, yikes. But let's talk about the executive orders. And just, I did a video about it. You can go to the the YouTube channel, The Loftus Party. It's also up at the website, uh, just the unbelievably, how just insanely cruel, like insanely cruel, and then some of them I think are are dangerous executive orders. We'll we'll start with uh, the Keystone Pipeline, the Keystone Pipeline. So and and fracking as as well. Like just and here's what kills me about it. Because I always try to, there's two sides to every argument. So, okay, so you made this promise. We're going to, we're going to stop the, uh, the Keystone pipeline. You couldn't, you couldn't wait. You couldn't wait six months. Let those people get on unemployment for a few more, a few more months. You just had to like kill it. Like, right. Just blammo first day. Keep like, there's people, there's tens of thousands of people who were hanging on to a thread of hope, and he had zero compunction about, yup, 
I know that there's a pandemic. Yup, I know you're out of work. Yup, better learn to code. You better find another job because this one's done. And listen, that oil still has to go somewhere. So now it'll just go by, it'll go by train or it'll go by boat. And if you're environmental, I don't understand this whole, uh, this whole anti-pipeline movement. That seems like the safest way and the, and the best for the environment to move giants amount of crude. But he did that. He killed, he killed Keystone and he also killed fracking. On federal lands. Yep. For now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, for now. People in Pennsylvania just have to be kicking themselves. It's a 60-day moratorium. Well, I mean, New Mexico is freaking out, and they went for Biden 53 to 42. <laughs> it's Okay, it's, but here's my thing, guys. Yeah. Here's my thing. We all told you that's what he said. We had it on video. Why did you let CNN tell you you didn't just hear what you thought you heard? It is, uh, it's... There's so much, and it's happening so fast, and there's so many delightful. It's it's like popcorn going off. It's like it's like popcorn going off. Here's the one that really shook me to the core. Well, I want to get to the, the 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 communists messing around with our power grid and getting invited to play around with that. There is, and I, I'm I've actually put the two pictures up side by side. You know, it's Joe Biden uh, from his Twitter account going, you know. We've been struggling with this pandemic and Donald Trump has been, his response has been horrible. You know, I'm paraphrasing here. He's clueless. He doesn't have a plan. And then he's like, I do. So his, his whole thing was Donald planned to, Donald Trump doesn't have a plan to deal with COVID-19. I do. And America's like, yes, yes, you do. And then he just came out. It's like his second day, his second day. And he's like, yeah, there's really nothing we can do about the uh, about the COVID situation. He's just like, what? 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 I was just like, you voted for this. It, it's it, it, Oh, here's the other one that I think is just hilarious. It, it's just hilarious to me. He's like, uh, we're, we have a plan to, to vaccinate a uh, hundred million people in a hundred days. There you go. That's what we're going to do. A hundred million people in a hundred days. Hey, dipshit. They're doing a, they're doing a million people a day already. Like we're, we're already on that pace. Oh my God. You are just literally moving words around, but it gets worse. It gets worse. He signed uh, another executive order that I guess, and you probably know more about this than I do uh, over there. Uh, gypsy that the, the price of insulin just went up. Mm-hmm. Like, like we, why would you repeal that? What? Why? Why and would you EpiPens. do that? And EpiPens. Yes. That's just like, it's, it's, it's cruelty. It's just cruelty. I mean, I, I, I can, I can understand you want to stick your thumb in the other party's eye or whatever, but like, you couldn't, you couldn't evaluate that one. You couldn't evaluate. You're like, like, oh, I got a stack of uh, 22 executive orders here. And a stack of 21 just has doesn't have the same ring to it. So give me that. Let me, let's make sure the people with diabetes have to pay more for insulin. Like, why would you why would you go out of your way to do that? And then and then uh, I have no idea what I'm signing. Like, does he is he in charge now? I want to I want to switch to this one because I guarantee you're going to know more about this than I do. And I, I've seen the headlines. But like 
there was another executive order, and and now the the Communist Party in China is going to have something to do with our power grid. What in the royal what? What in the royal what? Yeah, what's um, what's going on with that? Yes, so President Trump had kind of kicked China out of several key infrastructure things, right? So one of them was our power grid. The other one was five G. Yes. Um, and for reasons unbeknownst to like anyone with a little bit of common sense, right? Um, after the pandemic, uh, he basically just took it back. It used to read the executive order read that President Trump did. The bulk power system is a target of those seeking to commit malicious acts against the United States and its people including malicious cyber activities. Although maintaining an open investment climate in bulk power system electric equipment and in the United States economy more generally is important for the overall growth and prosperity of the United States, such openness must be balanced with the need to protect our nation against a critical national security threat, which is absolutely correct. Yeah. So Uh basically he suspended that executive order for 90 days um, in order for his own secretary of energy and the director of the, of the office of management and budget to take a look at it. It's uh, it's, it's mind boggling. It's, I, I don't understand it. I don't like it. And all of the okay. above, the, what are you, okay, you got something else? Stop and, stop and think. Joe Biden, after he left office in 2017, his son Hunter tried to secure a deal with CEFC, which is a China energy company, to invest in U.S. energy projects. I didn't want to go there because it gave me like a real like, what am I, Rachel Maddow to like immediately. But yes, yes, that's that's exactly that's exactly like and that's why. Uh, that's why we got to keep the Hunter Biden laptop thing going, the Tony Baba Blinsky, all of it, all of it, which, which leads me to, this is great. You're awesome. You keep teeing me up so beautifully. It's like slow pitch, slow pitch softball or something right here. The, uh, the, the GOP and like right now we got, we got this, uh, second impeachment hanging over our heads a little bit, which is just uh, insane, but it's just another great uh, litmus test. It's another great litmus test to see who's gonna who's gonna stand up, who's gonna have a spine, who's gonna pretend to have a spine, who is going to actually uh, stand up for. And uh, and it's not just Donald Trump. It, it's it's really it's a symbolic gesture for standing up for what you know is right and standing up for the 75 million people that voted for the things Trump was doing and wanted more of that. Right. It's not, it's not, yes, the guy's name on the ballot was Donald Trump, but he was doing what we wanted. I am so ready to leave the GOP and they need to know it. They need to know it. I will, I'm I have a little bit of a voice and and I'm going to encourage everyone starting right here right now. I'm going to uh put up 
Mitch McConnell's phone number, his email. I'll get that on the website. But but and here's the other thing. Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey talks a lot of smack and it's time to to put up or shut up. And I want these people to know that we're at a moment here where I will encourage everybody to desert the GOP and start another party. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the Patriot You're Party. You're going to make me have a seizure. Have a seizure. Go for it. I've thought this out. This is good. This is good radio. No. This is good podcast. What's your problem? Okay. So. It, we need to. We got lazy when we won in 2016. Right. Up until then, the Tea Party was very active, and we were actively primarying the Vichy Republicans and and the people who don't stand up or who are a little too much like Bill Crystal and maybe like war a lot more than people do at this point or whatever. Mm-hmm. Up until that point, we had a very active group within the GOP primarying those people. If yes. you do another party, you are just creating a Ross Perot situation and you're going to get another Democrat in 2024. You have to do the work within the party. And even socialists know that. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez didn't go off and start the, a, a new party called the Justice Democrats. She ran within the Democratic Party to transform that party. I want, and I think this is what a lot of other people want. I want the GOP to know we're ready to go. Like you need to, it's like a little mini primary. Like we're keeping, we're keeping names. We know who you are. We will, we'll leave. And yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm thoroughly, I'm thoroughly prepared to lose in 2024. If you're playing the long game of saving the nation. Like this. How do you, how do you, how do you lose in 2022? And and not even like they're doing things at an alarming rate. There's going to have to be court challenges. I mean, this whole HR one where they want to change the voting system nationwide to what California's is, that's going to have to go to court. Um, yes, there's going to be lawsuits. There's going to I mean, everything. If if we don't get a divided government again in 2022 and you lose in 2024, there's going to be nothing to save. Which will, make, parties, which will make which will make which will make people system in a two party system. The system is set up. There are so many barriers to entry. There's barriers to getting on the ballot. There's barriers to that. If you're going to invest all your time in getting into the infrastructure of the thing, you're not going to do the work that needs to be done to select the right candidates, run the right candidates, campaign the right candidates. You have to use the infrastructure and change it internally. That Literally, that's what the Democratic Socialists have been doing since Michael Harrington said that's what we're going to do in 1988. We made incredible progress from 2010 to 2016. You've that's got all, Cruz. That's you've all got lovely. Paul, you've got Cotton. You've got. Those guys are all welcome in my new political party. Those guys are all but welcome. But what I'm saying is they're not going to switch because they're not going to walk away from the infrastructure. They will if they see it crumbling around them. If they get the, the 75, if they get sh- sh- enough, 
enough with the listen i'm prepared it's already listen we're already in the toilet now you're arguing about who gets to be on top of the turd i'm ready to flush and start over i'm ready for listen we all know these policies don't work people will be miserable so yeah we lose in 2022 and they oh they've changed some more rules oh wah wah Oh, now, oh, now gas is even more. Oh, wah, wah. It's bad anyway. It's bad anyway. And I'm not going to tolerate, I'm not going to tolerate Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham just using people like Kleenex, not caring about the American people, spending our money like it's going out of style, keeping the printing presses going, never holding people accountable. That, you got you to gotta push back on that crap hard. I'm still listen the 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 FISA abuse the spying on on the political campaign the people who got up and lied about Kavanaugh the FBI people who oopsie daisy I locked myself out of my phone the list goes on and on and now they're 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 jumping on board with the we got to uh we got to take these threats very seriously Donald Trump incited a riot you sh- you not only can you not go there, you've got to push back. We got to get we got to get rid of the Bill Bars. We got to get rid of the the the, the John Durham. We got to get people. We got to get rid of all these people who don't push back and don't hold people accountable. The FBI sitting on the FBI sitting on the freaking Hunter Biden laptop for two years and that not coming out and nobody's pushing back on Twitter and Facebook and the censorship. No one's fighting. No one's fighting. And we just had four years when we saw, oh my gosh, when a guy goes in there and fights, good things happen for us. Good things happen for us. I'm keeping that going. If you're not prepared to fight, oh, I'm prepared. I'm I'm already going to suffer. So now it's going to be now it's going to rain a little bit harder in my life. Oh no. Now my tent's going to have another hole in it. Oh no. Bitch, I'm moving to a whole new campground. I'm getting me an RV. I'm thoroughly prepared to leave and they need to know it. They need to know it. And and I know a bunch of social media influencers who are right there with me. So is it a threat? Just remember, yeah, it's a just- threat. Just remember how hard Obamacare has been to do to do anything with roll back, do anything with that can't be undone. That's Once those with- policies, you can't undo if Puerto Rico becomes a state. You can't undo if Washington, D.C. becomes a state. You can't undo those things. And those are durable and going to persist in their effects for years and years and years and years to come. So, so- because uh, because I'm worried about that. Because I'm, I, I, I just don't, that argument, I'm not going to keep a bunch of lily-livered pussies in charge just them. because I'm, I'm worried. Listen, uh, you know what I'll do? I'll break California into, into two states. How about that? That's what I want to do anyway. So, okay, they got, uh, oh my goodness, uh, Puerto Rico's a state. What are we going to do? All right, well, now Central California's a state. How about that? How about we do that? You want to make it even? Okay, so we add a, a few freaking seats that way. I don't think D.C. becomes a state. You can't do that. They were explicit about that in the Constitution. That that one will go all the way to the That's mass. What I said it's going to have to go to court. But you do like, – like so right now 
because they took away the motion to recommit, which is the one tool the minority had to moderate legislation in the House. It's kind of like the equivalent to the filibuster in the Senate. It's just a little more subtle and not as many people know about it. Mm-hmm. So it was Kevin McCarthy did that 11 times last session and got bills that were way too radical on, on guns and a whole bunch of other stuff tanked because he put last minute amendments from the minority in them that the moderates could not vote for or they would lose their election. Like the Abigail Spambergers and the Connor Lambs and the, and the people who are now freaking out because the Democrats lost seats in the House. So, no, we're not completely winning the war. And we gained in state legislatures and we have total like, like we have immense control over redrawing the congressional lines. That's huge. So we're not completely tanked. We're completely tanked at the national level. But I'll tell you. Some of the garbage that went on about the election, like if everybody could have just like taken a chill pill on Georgia until we got through the Senate election, I will never not believe that Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood were not targeted with a deliberate disinformation campaign to do exactly what they did. 250,000 Republicans stayed home in Georgia between the general and the runoff. If every Republican that had voted in the general voted in the runoff, we would have had those two Senate seats. And that's on us. That's on yes. Republicans. And that's on, you know, people taking their jabs at each other in public and the whole nine yards. We had a critical race. And it, it, and it, it got screwed up from national politicians on down to the state level folks. There's there's plenty of blame to go around there to include the president himself. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at what we gained last time and we have to look at those things that influence statewide elections in a way that took two Senate seats from us. OK, and likely the presidency. And that was Mark Zuckerberg money, private funding of, of election offices in swing states. And what what politician is helping you with this task? What 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 um, politician right now is helping you push that rock up the hill at, of going at after the national Facebook? level? I'm not going. It wasn't Facebook that did it. It was Mark Zuckerberg and a personal donation to a not for profit called the CLTC. And they donated right. in blue districts in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, in Georgia um, and a couple and a, I think Wisconsin. But what are Am I doing? I'm working with people in my own state legislature I'm not because that's who's asking what you're doing. Who's who on a national level is is, is concerned about big tech and Zuckerberg and donations and all that stuff? This particular issue can't be solved at the national level. It's state election law. So I'm working with Brandon Beach and Mr. Gooch and um, my rep, whose name just escaped me, Mandy Ballinger. I'm, those are the, the people in state government that I'm working with. That's great. As far as who's who's concerned about big tech, they all had four years to take care of it. They had the whole government for the first two years. Ding, 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 ding. You have to go and you have to find out who's taking money from them on our side. And then you primary them and say, you don't get to take money from Google and Facebook. Exactly. But within they need, the party structure. They need 
I, I, I don't care. I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. Here's how I, here's, here's how I work. You, you, you do what we want or we're leaving. It's that simple. That's what it boils down to. You, you need to start going or we're leaving. It, there's 75 million of us. People are motivated. Okay, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back. There's, uh, ooh, there's a lot to talk about. There's still more to talk about. And, uh, oh, golly. So, okay. And we got, we got, uh, what's on the web with Paul coming up. So much goodness. Hang in there. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! It's time for our new favorite segment. You guys, crank up that theme music. It's time for What's on the Web with Paul. As promised, ladies and gentlemen, we're going. We're going full tilt boogie on this one. I'm not looking back. It's time for What's on the Web with Paul. Quickly becoming my favorite, Paul Hare. Dude, how's it going? And let's just jump right in. What's on the web? Michael, great to be here. Let's start off with old school Southern rock on this week's Sunday Jams at the Loftus Party website. That was good. Yes, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I do. I do. I threw in, you know what I did? Uh, I was very inspired. Now, here's something you need to know about me, Paul. I'm the youngest of five kids. So growing up, musical, my my brothers and sisters were all over the board, which was very lucky for me. But uh, my my oldest brother was way into like, he went through like this Marshall Tucker phase and uh, Pure Prairie League. And man, I, I, I had seen him recently and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Go check out last Sunday's uh, Sunday Jams. It's good. Pure Prairie League. When's the last time you even uttered that sentence out loud? Exactly. And speaking of jams, do you remember in the 1980s when they had these really colorful shorts with all these designs on and they were called jams? Remember those? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I think of every time I see jams, but that's just me. <laughs> Maybe I need to re. Maybe I need to come up with a new name for Sunday Jams. Oh, there's the, nothing wrong with it. Nothing the, sun, wrong with it. The, the Sunday audio file. The Sunday. <laughs> the Sunday stereo mix. 
Screw there it. I'm sticking go. with jams. All right. What else is on the web, Paul? We're t- now, what of course, we're talking about the loftusparty.com here. Exactly. We, you know, people go to Facebook, they go to Twitter, but the best place to go, and they go to YouTube, but the best place to go is the loftusparty.com. That helps us, and that's where we have the most control over all our content and what we do. Amen to that. Heavenly One of the things I wrote this week was called Blacklist the Communists Who Want to Blacklist Trump Officials. If people haven't been paying attention, if you are remotely associated with the Trump administration or even just a supporter now, you have everybody in the ruling class from book publishers to political pundits to corporations calling for your blacklisting. When I say blacklisting, they don't want you to ever be hireable by anybody ever again. So the normal response from conservatives is to say, oh, no, that shouldn't happen. Nobody should blacklist anybody else. But my response is, I don't buy into that attitude. If they want to call for our blacklisting, we should call for their blacklisting in return. And not only that, when you have the opportunity to not hire the people calling for blacklisting, do it. So that's my two cents on the subject. I dig it. I dig it. And then I wanted to ask you this. Who was that? I think he was a professor at a university that got uh, doxxed or whatever on Twitter a few months ago. And then he killed himself. Do you remember that guy's name? Guy's name was Mike S. Adams. He put the S in there because, you know, Mike Adams is a fairly common name, but he wasn't really doxxed. His story is he was at, I think it was North Carolina State University for years and years and years. Yeah. And he was always in the campus as a professor fighting, you know, it wasn't, I guess he would might say it was fighting for free speech, but what it really is or really was, was him fighting against the progressives who always wanted to get him fired and cut off his free speech. And if you think about it, it used to be that once you were a tenured professor, you really couldn't get fired. I mean, you right. were, we were always told you could do anything, and you always saw the progressives saying, yeah, I can say I hate America, I can lead the protest against the Vietnam War, communism is good. And conservatives just always would just shrug their shoulders and say, well, we can't do anything because he's got tenure. But of course, the progressives never played by that those same rules. So they kept going after him and after him and after him, and finally – they have they have effectively got him fired. I mean, what he agreed to was retire with like a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars settlement, but that was going to be spread over four years. So he's you know he's past middle age, and he was going to get fifty thousand dollars for four years. And I guess he just said, you know what, it's not worth it. So after that, he committed suicide. Uh, conservatives said something about it for two or three days, and then you know he's he's forgotten about like always happens. Conservatives can never can never turn their own into martyrs. Yeah, this is uh, what I really mean. I'm glad you wrote the piece uh, f- for the website. And this 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 goes both ways with this whole cancel culture and blah, blah, blah. It's just not healthy. We got to push push back on it because it, it, it it's real people and real people get hurt. And uh, I'm not into it. So uh, I'm glad I'm glad you wrote that piece. That's fantastic. What else is on the Web? What else is on the Web, Paul? One more thing. He actually wrote for the Daily Wire, too. So he wasn't just a professor. He was well into the conservative movement as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Another one I wrote was, and it's just mostly a posting of video, was called, In Their Own Words, Ruling Class Art and Glitter Bombing Republicans. Do Do you know what glitter bombing is? Do you remember glitter bombing? Yeah. There's this... Um... There's this great sound clip from Andrew Breitbart where he's like, I see you out there. I see you with your glitter bombs. And <laughs> he knew, it was awesome. He, oh, he knew, knew what was up. He, he was a huge loss when he died. And I still don't think most people understand what a big loss that was. But anyway, glitter bombing 
was has been popular at least since the 1990s and who it was really popular with as far as the ruling class and particularly journalists were, are concerned was with the LGBT alphabet movement. What they yeah. would do, they they made it their thing and you go to this piece I wrote on the website and you can read stuff in their own words and you can watch the videos of and what it involves is people going up to Republicans and either dumping glitter on them, throwing glitter on them or otherwise physically assaulting that's not hyperbole what happens when you go up and do something like that to somebody that is considered a physical assault right but yeah. it was all it was never an attack on our democracy it was never we need to stop this it was never hey you know what we need to get all our national security apparatus to hunt these people down and find them it was laughed at it was encouraged and republicans of course as you can see in the videos they just sit there and take it they don't do anything yeah. they never yeah. did anything, and it was all fine and good and nobody ever did a thing about it. And so you can see, as you as you watch now, journalists and the rest of the government say we need to hunt down "quote unquote" white supremacists. Just just go back and remember what all they cheered on in the past, and what they're still really cheering on. So awesome. that's good times. Good times. First video from Michael this week. Get ready for the new media. And I know Ooh. what that's about, but do you want to talk about it? Uh, I just I just had a lot of fun drawing the comparison to the the kinds of questions that President Trump was getting to now the pre the questions that Sleepy Joe is getting. It's like, what's so your ridiculous. Ice cream for Sleepy Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How awesome are you? How great does this feel? Hey, are you going to change the paint color? Are you going to change the paint color on on Air Force One? It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And we and these people who were like, uh, we're the last bastion. We're the great defenders of truth. And we can never give up on our tireless journey for truth. And then are you going to change the colors on the plane? It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And we got to make fun of them. You have to. That's right. Go to the website, LoftusParty.com, and go ahead and watch Get Ready for the New Media. Yeah. Lisa Kay. Lisa Kay was back again this week. She had the some action films to get pumped for in 2021. And there yes. are four, four trailers that she posted the forthcoming movies. I'm just going to go through them real quickly and it, we'll see what you think. And I'll just give a few thoughts of my own on it. The first one was 400 bullets and it's about two British uh, troops. I don't know if they're necessarily soldiers or Marines or what they are. One's a Gurkha and they're in Afghanistan. And I guess they have to fight against one of their own rogue units, of course, has to fight against their own people. And the title means they have 400 rounds of ammunition left. What did you mm -hmm. think of that? I didn't I didn't watch the video because once I saw the description, I wasn't uh, too into it. But what do you think about it? You know, I'll probably watch the trailer just to see how it was, uh, you know, photo I'm, I'm in this phase now. I'm, I'm always interested in story, but like the visuals of it. So I'll look at it, but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch that one. You know, yep. pass. Yeah, I know what you mean. Now, the next one is Nobody. That's with Bob. How do you say his last name? Oder Odenkirk. 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 Yeah. If I'm wrong, he's a comedian, right? Or that's where he made his started, name. Started as a comic. Yeah. Funny dude. Very funny dude. And, and then so, uh, Better Call Saul like with a, him. This is kind of like a cross between like a, a Liam Neeson taken story and probably like a John Wick because he's a – or even what was – remember A History of Violence? Um, do you remember a that? A Brief movie? History of Violence. Based yeah. on a graphic, based on a graphic novel. 
remember that? That was kind of like the guy who's just living a normal life and everybody thinks he's just boring and find out he, he used to be a hitman. Yeah. And that's kind of there that you kind of get that feel with the trailer you watch. I'm not giving anything away because they show it all in the trailer. But I guess it also has kind of a John Wick feel. And I think in the post that Lisa Rose, I think there's a John Wick connection there, one of the writers or producers or something. But he's supposed to be a boring guy. Then, you know, his past comes back or thugs come after him and he reveals his past. What did you think about that trailer? It bummed me out, man. It bummed me out because they came very close to doing something very original, very original, and they missed the mark. So without giving anything away, uh, nobody is is Bob Odenkirk. He's this mild-mannered, middle-aged, you know, skinny, accountant-looking, nebbish dude. Uh, there's some kind of crime, and he can't fight back, and he doesn't fight back, and he's being mocked a little bit. So then you see him training. You see him training, and he's like, oh, he's going to the gun range. I need, Oh, and I need to buy a gun, and I need to lift weights, and I need to go to Kung Fu. And I need... So you're like, oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. This is a story about a, a middle-aged guy who has never stood up for himself, and now he's going to do it. He's, he's, he's in his late 40s, maybe his early 50s. For the first time in his life, he's going to stand up and he's going to do it well, and, that's, a, that's, and that's, a, that's the story I wanted to see. And then later on in the trailer, he, he confesses, oh, I used, to be, I used to be a very bad man. Oh, dude. You just took away. You just took away everything wonderful. You just took so away everything been, wonderful. Been, there could have been a big character arc for him. Oh, dude! Hey, listen. Uh, I occasionally dabble in the world of of anime. Okay, and there is a phenomenal series. It's a short series, but it's called One Punch Man, and it's hilarious and it's wonderful and it has heart and nobody. Could have been One Punch Man. One Punch Man, uh, just really quickly, and we we got to wrap it up. We're going long. I love this segment. One Punch Man uh, is about this, it, it, you know, it's in, in the world, uh, it takes place in Japan, and superheroes are commonplace. You know, you have your best superheroes, they're your A-class, your mid-level superheroes, B, and your lower-class superheroes, which are C-class. You want to be in that A group. They get more camera time, they get more fame, blah, 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 blah. And then all, there's also supervillains and, and aliens and, and things that are always attacking. So this guy, who's like an accountant dude, is on his way to work. Uh, and this this villain is attacking this little kid. And the guy decides, you know, I'm going to try to save this little kid. I might as well, you know, he's never really stood up or anything. And the villain just beats the snot out of him. Just beats the snot out of this guy and like mocks him. And it's on television and everybody knows it. So this guy makes the decision. I'm going to train harder. I'm going to outwork. I'm going to outtrain and I'm just I'm just going to become a superhero by sheer force of will. Already interesting enough. Already interesting. So he disappears for a couple of years and when he comes back, he he's so good. He he destroys people with one punch, which which you're like, "Oh, this is awesome." But then you find out it's not rewarding for him. He's, now he's incredibly bored. He's like, oh, I thought I was going to have these epic fights and blah, 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 blah. But now literally every battle, it just comes down to one punch. And so it's, oh, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's, fa you have to see it. It's what, it's what nobody could have been. All right. What you, we got, we got time for one more. Okay. One more post or one more of the, the films? What, one more. Well, let's do, uh, let's do one more post. Okay. Let's go with. 
Cranky Gordon then. He did the Bernie Memes Roundup because it's a little bit of humor. Yeah. And, and uh, if people aren't on Twitter all the time or they're not otherwise paying attention to social media, Bernie, as in Bernie Sanders, was, I guess, at Joe's inauguration. I didn't watch it, so I don't know. And he must have been sitting in a chair with his arm cro- arms crossed and he had some mittens on. And so somebody decided to you know do a little Photoshop, <laughs> cut him out of that picture. And then they just started pasting them into all sorts of different settings and movie scenes. And they did it for humorous effect. So go to loftsparty.com and check out the Bernie Memes Roundup post by Cranky Gordon. I love – yeah, and you got to go You got to go there fast. And then feel free to, in the comments section, add your own Bernie meme because it just keeps going. It just keeps – I love how, like, memes evolve and art evolves. I saw – do you remember the uh, – that Janet Jackson album where she's she's topless and she has her hands over her head and someone's standing be- behind her or maybe it was a Rolling Stone cover and someone is standing behind her and they have their hands you know cupping her breasts and covering her nipples. It's a great photo. It's an iconic photo. Somebody did somebody did that one, but they replaced the the hands over Janet Jackson's uh, boobs with the with Bernie's mittens and it's hilarious. It just it just keeps going. It just keeps getting better and better. It's my favorite part of the inauguration. It really is. The Bernie yep, everybody's having fun with that. So that's the big thing. We didn't even touch upon I don't think we even touched upon the majority of the new posts that we did this week or this past week. So our listeners need to go to the loftusparty.com, check out everything else there. There's some more videos. There's some interesting ones. There's some controversial ones. There's some fun ones. It's just all good stuff, and again, it's better for our listeners to get in the habit of going to thelobstersparty.com. That builds us up, and then that helps us keep things going, and it helps us keep improving things. Yeah, that's because that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do, put up some interesting stuff, fun stuff, thought-provoking stuff, feel good. Check this out. It's all wonderful. Dude, I love this segment. Paul, have a great rest of your day. That was it, you guys. That's what's on the web with Paul. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, bud. I love it. I can't get enough. I can't get enough. Maybe we start doing a uh, a, a two-hour show. <laughs> we know. <laughs> do you know what? Hey, do you want do you want something that's going to make you feel good? You want to hear something nice? Okay. Okay. So when when I when I when I post uh, the YouTube videos. And that's me doing that, you guys. That's me reading the comments and all that good stuff. There's a place where you can you can add tags, right? Like, okay, so this one is about Joe Biden, so bloop, bloop, you tag it with Joe Biden. And then in the channel tags, you can add little things, and they'll, they'll have suggestions for you. Like, here, oh, here's something else. Like, when I type in the Loftus Party, uh, YouTube goes, well, you should probably add YouTube to that, because that's what a lot of people are searching, the Loftus Party YouTube. So, so I've been doing that. And things have been going nicely. I typed in hashtag the Loftus Party, and you know what people are starting to search? The Loftus Party podcast. They want to nice. start seeing it. Yeah, we're gonna have to figure that out. We're gonna have to figure that out, like how to put the cast on the video. It's gonna require an investment on my part. You know, I gotta update my camera and all that stuff. But maybe, maybe we have that conversation where we start. We start putting content on the on the youtube channel and yes we're across the the board you guys find uh, the loftus party usually it's all one word the loftus party we're on cloud hub cloud hub just keeps getting better and better and better uh we're on uh, rumble 
were on. I gotta fire back. I gotta fire up the the MeWe again. But uh, we would be remiss. Now, granted, the the conversation continues over on Patreon, so we can't really go into this too deeply. But it would be I would be we're a horrible show if we don't talk about uh, what Biden did with uh, with women's sports and the whole transgender thing. And and the comedic angle on that that I'm just chomping at the bit to do. So uh, women's sports, you know, Biden signs the the executive order, and now dudes who say, "Hey, I'm a transgendered person. I was born in the wrong body. I'm really a woman." Now they can they can be in these girls' sports, and they're gonna take a they're gonna win. You guys, come on, they're gonna win. All the time, they're going to take up the scholarships. And so the comedic premise that I want to go to is like, why even have women's sports anymore? Like, why? We're, we're like wasting our time. We should just have sports. That's what I want to see. I just want to see guys against girls, just everybody. It's just a free-for-all. It's just an absolute free-for-all. If in, I don't care if it's. If it's judo, if it's boxing or wrestling, all sports should now just be, you think you can kick my ass? Do you think? Let's go. And let's just, let's just have at it. Let's just have at it. It's ridiculous. I feel bad. I feel, I, I, and I, and this isn't out of like pity, but like women, girls, female athletes, that's a tough one. That's a tough Mm -hmm. one. My heart goes out to you. I got a lecture. Really? I did. By whom? So about I posted, what? I posted a meme on Facebook, and it was Kamala Harris. And it said, you're the first female vice president, but it doesn't matter because your party doesn't believe in gender. Oh, yeah. I saw that one. I saw Okay, it. That was not a slam towards trans people. That wasn't even a slam towards Kamala Harris personally. It was a slam towards the ridiculous position in an administration who says we're going to be guided by science and fact. Okay. That that's the first executive order you sign. Right. So literally somebody I used to work with in HR, which is like emblematic of why I can't go back to that profession I am so disappointed in you. You are definitely a bitter person and not the person I remembered at all. What? I'm like, that's not bitter. Yeah. Actual. And no, I am not going to sit here while they sexualize children. Okay. I mean, you now have 12 year olds, a law in Oregon or Washington. I can't remember. They're both insane. I think it's Oregon. Where they're going to lower the age of consent for treatment, medical treatment, to 12 and put clinics in the schools where your 12-year-old child can go get hormones and start changing their gender without your permission, but with your insurance paying for it. Boy, that that would motivate me to pack my bags. That would motivate They did a, and they that's did a... coming everywhere when we do this at the federal level. This is not about a class of people. This is about leave our kids alone. Yeah. Who's pushing back on that one? Who's pushing back on that one from the GOP? It's, uh, you gotta, you listen, 
I'm I'm all Tulsi for Gabbard. Uh, keep go, keep going, Tulsi. Keep going, keep going, Tulsi. But seriously, you guys, it's it's time to really think about uh, pack your bags and go. Like if you're in the, if you're in a state where things have just gone wackadoodle, and I was saying this in the other segment, it's like you know uh, breaking California into into two states. I, I've I really think that's that that's gonna have to happen because, and this is maybe I got too much empathy, but like I want California to go down the crapper fast like super fast. However, I got so much empathy th- for those farmers in in the Central Valley. And and we need them. Central California, that's a lot of food. That's just and we need food. So, I I would really like to pursue carving out California. Like, hey, Bay Area, LA, you guys are on the same team, but Central California, they're going to have a different set of rules. And then then we'll see how you're doing. Okay. Here's what uh, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna skadoosh on over to uh, the Patreon portion of the show, and here's some of the stuff that we're gonna be talking about over there. Um, holy smoke! Holy smoke! Uh, Pel- Nancy Pelosi, the national. What happened with the National Guard, uh, and what still goes on with the National Guard uh, in D.C.? We're gonna talk a little bit about uh, Conor McGregor, uh, that fight, Hank Aaron. Uh, Larry King and a phenomenal, phenomenal interview that Rand Paul did with George Stephanopoulos. And there's there's more entertainment stuff. It's just jam-packed. It's so much show. So go uh, to Patreon. Make a teeny tiny donation. Make a teeny tiny donation because it goes to theloftestparty.com. We're making the show better. We're, we're improving... Uh, everything here and we're reaching more people we're growing we're making a difference you guys so go bring that cookie eating sexy heathen optimistic energy to patreon and we'll see you over there peace peace